This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back, folks, to another edition of the Michigan Recruiting Insider Podcast. And week one of the season, and it's fitting that the entire crew the trio that brings you the Michigan Recruiting Insider every week is fully back intact as I am joined once again this week by my good friends and colleagues over at the MichiganInsider.com, Steve Lorenz and Bryce Marich. I'm Sam Webb back with the first episode of the season. So first of all, let's welcome Steve Lorenz in. Steve, how you doing today? Great, guys. Ready for uh, ready for football season. I think today was the day I'm I'm ready to go for Saturday. So. And I hear that. And Bryce Marriage, uh, fresh off of going to visit the future in-laws. How about that, Bryce? You, you all right? You ready to go? I think I'm good. I think I got the, you know, thumbs up. So I think I should be all set there. But it was a little, a little you know, air quality wasn't the greatest in Northern Cal where I was at. But overall, it was good. Yeah, man, that sort of interrupted one of our – that was going to be an impromptu trip. You happen to be in NorCal and – going to drop in and maybe see Zeke Barry. We're going to be talking about defensive back recruiting and the defensive back board a little bit later on in the podcast. And Zeke Barry is a kid who we we actually mentioned way back in the spring uh, when Courtney Morgan was on the verge of being announced. And we were talking about guys who might be uh, emerging on Michigan's board. Zeke Barry was one of the names we mentioned here on the podcast. But we'll revisit that a little bit later. Right now, I want to let you know. If you like this podcast, be sure to rate it. Be sure to review it. Be sure to tell all your friends about it. Uh, tell them where they can find it. It can be found anywhere they get their podcast: Google, Stitcher, Spotify, whatever platform is their favorite. They can find the Michigan Recruiting Insider. Just search Michigan Insider Podcast, and up it will come. And, of course, there is no better time than the present to subscribe to TheMichiganInsider.com. For a dollar, you can get in on the first month of action and activity. And we are all over the country going to see prospects. A massive, epic visit weekend is on tap for the Washington game next week. So all the more reason for you to go ahead and get signed up over at TheMichiganInsider.com. can get in on all the inside scoop and intel for one dollar. <laughs> I was joking with, with Steve. Before the podcast, it feels like we talk defensive line recruiting every podcast episode, Steve. I don't know if that's because it's such an emphasis or because that's the that's the position that fluctuates with with guys the most. But a new name emerged on the board and the narrative that has emerged about it. And you guys tell me if you you've picked up on it. Bryce, you were out west. I think maybe you paid more attention to this development than you would have otherwise. But Mason Graham. Young man committed to Boise State has been offered by Michigan. Now, this is a kid, three-star guy, number 84, defensive lineman in the country out of Anaheim, California, Servite High School. And I saw, you know, one of the things I saw on social media, oh, man, Michigan must be desperate. They're scraping the bottom of the barrel, so on and so forth. And I just I keep hearkening back to a talking point for us here on this podcast. This seems like a year – 
more so than ever, where you're going to hear about guys emerging a little bit down the line because you just don't know as much about the entire field due to COVID. And, and you're also going to uncover more guys on the West Coast because that's where Courtney Morgan came from. But I've checked out some of the film. I think you guys have. You tell me what you thought when you guys saw Mason Graham's film. Yeah, he's 6'4", 280. Um, he plays both ways for one of the top high schools there in California, there in, uh, you know, Southern California. Um, extremely physical. He can play both ways. Michigan likes him along the defensive front. And and just two games, I mean, he's racked up, I think, six to seven sacks. I mean, production is there. He's the guy, like you said, Sam, I think in terms of evaluations and identifying talent, they kind of, you know, the coaches couldn't get down the road. Mm -hmm. And now they can officially. And so that's going to start up. But for the longest time, you know, they couldn't see these kids. And on top of that, California, they weren't even playing on time last year. So this kid was definitely behind the eight ball. He's someone that wasn't really too well known. But Courtney Morgan, the director of personnel, someone he really knew because he offered him when he was at Fresno State. Mm -hmm. So this is a relationship that dates back. This is one that's carried over. Michigan's kept tabs on him. I think this is more than just, you know, a diamond in the rough sort of prospect. I think he's going to really start to bloom. He's a Boise State commit, committed in July. Uh, but he's he already said to me, and I know he talked to Greg Biggins as well, he's very intrigued with Michigan. I know he wants to visit as well. Yeah, man, and it's one of those deals where, what you say, five or six sacks already? Already. Yeah, yeah. and so you're, you're keeping tabs, five sacks in the first two games. And so a guy that they're tracking, a guy that court knows about coming in, but you want to wait to see. You want to wait to see some action. Then you see the first couple games, you're like, oh, shoot. <laughs> this, dude, this dude is balling. Let's jump on him now. So this wasn't, uh, you know, all of a sudden they just uncovered the dude. They had some knowledge of this guy going in. And when you look at his background, 6'3", 6'4", 290. And then I think the thing that – the other thing that really has to be intriguing to them is he's a wrestler too. So you you know about those wrestlers play with great leverage and their hands are always really good and you can just really see the, the ceiling be a little bit higher for those guys and you know Courtney played he think about the guys he played he played with Terrence Taylor I think uh, Mike Martin came right after him before that was Rob Renus I mean some of Michigan's best interior guys have been wrestlers and Mason Graham is another one of those wrestler versatile guys who is showing you the production on the field right now uh it really sounds like this is this is a guy who who could be hearing from a number of other schools not just michigan so uh, getting him on campus getting your your iron in the fire now before the blow up really really takes off or at least uh takes off compared to where he is maybe he doesn't get 20 power five uh teams coming after him but i think he's gonna get more than michigan you know heard oregon sniffing around and a few others so time will tell, Steve. But this is, I think people have to understand. I went to see Omarion Walker, who we're going to talk about a little bit later. Steve, there's no freaking way that dude's a three-star, but you understand in this cycle why why he is because he didn't play a whole lot last year, and there it, there were just limited opportunities to really get out and see these guys. I mean, this is something we've made clear for months at this point, I feel like. We've talked about this cycle was going to be different. <clears throat> Graham kind of reminds me, if you guys remember, uh, was it Eddie Vanderdoes? Oh, yeah. The kid out of Auburn, Northern, out of Auburn, California. I think he uh, is still in the league. 
he was a five-star guy, right? So don't get me wrong. I'm not saying Mason Graham's a five-star player, uh, but his style, the way he plays, I believe Eddie was a wrestler also. Uh, Michigan recruited him pretty heavily when he was still around. I believe he played at UCLA eventually, but kind of reminds me of him a little bit. Uh, but yeah, classic. And again, it's not going to be the last one we're going to talk about, not even in this episode. Right. Uh, but just looks like a classic late riser. And like you said, you got Oregon sniffing around. That means other schools don't know that Michigan and Oregon aren't the only two schools, uh, you know, of that caliber that are at least evaluating this guy. Now, a Michigan offer is going to perk the ears up of any program across the country that's looking for a defensive lineman (laughs) in this cycle. Right. I mean, so, you know, I wouldn't be one bit surprised if that offer sheet doubles or or takes off uh, from where it's at. But, yeah, definitely jumped out off first glance, you know, and uh Five sacks and Servite does they play some of the best competition in the country. He's going to be tested week in and week out. He's passed his first two tests. Uh, I believe Servite's one of those schools plays like modern day. They somewhere in there. I don't know, but I, I don't I know the competition's really high there. So um that makes the film more believable, mm-hmm. you know, when you're taking on legit competition every Friday. So or uh, more, you know, uh understandable. It's mm-hmm. uh you know, that's the way I kind of look at it. So, yeah, like him, as we talk about, the senior year is so different. And we don't have to get back into his recruitment. We were saying the same thing about Lamar Law, yeah. right? So we talked about it before we got on the show. You watch his junior film, and it's like, okay, you know, solid. Looks like a totally different player as a senior, you know. And I think you're going to see more and more examples of that uh, throughout this, probably in the next month or two, honestly, because, you know, evals are really going to pick up. Film's going to be watched, and we're going to see new names pop up. And, again, Graham, the absolute perfect example of something like that. Right. So you mentioned Lamar Law. We spent – you and I spent a lot of time talking about Lamar Law last week, a uh, kid out of Virginia Beach Bayside High School, uh, headed to Virginia Tech, maybe. <laughs> now, right, as as Michigan is, is pushing and pushing hard. And since we talked about him last week, Bryce, I know you weren't here, but, man – Seems like things have intensified even more with his Michigan recruitment since uh, our discussion about him last week here on the podcast. Yeah, I'm just going to pick up a little. I know you guys reported um, initially, and he was expected to come from the home uh, opener against Western Michigan. That's changed. He's going to be coming for the Washington game, which, I mean, how much more bigger can we get that visitor <laughs> list? It's going to be insane. It's, I mean, you got five stars, you got guys committed to other places coming. I mean, you had everything you were looking for in that visit weekend for the Washington game. And so he's going to be coming up there. Um, I'm still pretty sure that will be an unofficial visit, which is key because that means they can get him back for official visit. But he's a guy that I think steadily and slowly, he's kind of moving up their board. I think they really like his progression. I know on his profile right now, we got him at 6'5", 280. I'm hearing he's closer to 300. And so they like that bill where he's someone that they can move around. He's not just like, you know, got to be a nose or he can play the three. He can, kind of shift along the defensive line, and that's very intriguing. Like you said, Sam, I mean, his tape is impressing the coaching staff more and more and more to the point of where, hey, they're going to have him up for that Washington game, which is definitely a good indicator of how they feel about him. Yeah, and so Kim Grant locked in for an official visit for that game as well as uh, we just had Josh Newkirk out of his game last week. He said he's a man mountain. <laughs> it's just He just eats up space and, and blockers on the inside, and you know, right? He gave me a funny, a funny. Line. I thought of you, Steve, when when Newkirk gave me this quote. I don't think it's on the site yet, but it will be probably by the time this podcast is up. But he said he was talking to Larry Johnson, 
And Larry Johnson told him to be patient, to trust the process. And I was like, man, this is exactly what Steve talked about, right? This is exactly what he talked about. You know Ohio State pumped the brakes on that Michigan commit. But it must be nice to be able to do that, right, Steve? Yeah, that's what I said. Also, the we know that Ohio State fans listen to this podcast because there's ang- some guy angrily corrected how old Larry Johnson was. <laughs> I think I jokingly said he was 82 or something last week. This guy was really angry in the mentions of, uh, I don't know if it was when I tweeted out the podcast last week or whatever. So apologies to Larry Johnson. He's 69 years old. I'm sure he's got 13 more years of college coaching left, you know, or whatever, but no, all joking. Oh yeah. All things aside. I mean, we knew that though. I mean, that was so, that was such a foregone conclusion the way the timeline played out and, but get Michigan up for the big official. Mm-hmm. We talk about this is becoming the Super Bowl of recruiting weekends for Michigan. Um, and Grant, yeah, he's, He's what he's exactly what you draw up in that in that one tech that nose tackle spot for them. So, yeah, and so it it'll be basically you you got Lamar Law, Mason Graham, Kenneth Grant, Deion Walker, Isaiah Hastings. Did I miss anyone? Walter Nolan. Walter. <laughs> hey, don't say that Maybe too. Him. Don't say that too loud. I mean, you got some fans that just they just they spaz out. You mentioned Walter Nolan. It's it's funny. I got to mention this. So the dad in the interview basically talks about why Michigan is behind. Like they're still in the top group, still planning, uh, still planning to take the visit for the Washington game. Tickets already purchased. Coming back for the Ohio State game, provided there's no playoff conflict. Michigan been in frequent contact with Michigan. Well, and and they are doing a good job. With NIL. So why is Michigan not in the top three? And the dad is like looking at how to want to see how they do. Want to see how they do on the field. Want to see if that translates to recruiting. And so a guy on the board says, oh, you're selling, selling us a dream. It's like, what? <laughs> I just He just talked about why Michigan is down the list. Not about, not about why the kid is coming to Michigan. So uh, it's, it's like so many other recruitments that they have right now. Their fortunes will rise and or fall with how they do on the football field. That that's really just the long and short of it with Walter Nolan. But let's let's turn the page and talk about 2023s, guys, because every year September 1st is a significant day in the recruitment of the next class of that junior class because you can start having contact with those prospects. Contact, and so Michigan was able to connect with to have contact with several 2023 targets and it's very very clear that they've already established uh, a pretty good rapport with a number of their top targets Bryce yeah I mean you mentioned it it was 1201 and they were instantly hitting up kids you know letting them know hey and showing love Michigan's thinking about you we definitely want you in our program one of the kids Finley Ohio 2023 four-star offensive lineman slash defensive lineman Luke Montgomery he's been to Michigan twice Oh, man, he came up for the barbecue, loved his time there. He's been really forming a good connection with Sharon Moore, the offensive line coach. Michigan likes him along the offensive front. I went to see him actually in a scrimmage earlier this summer, and I really like him at defensive line, especially at defensive end. But I think, too, offensive tackle, um, I think he can be a great fit there as well. So he heard from Michigan several coaches, including Jim Harbaugh himself. Another guy is a top 247 linebacker, Tackett. Curtis. I know we've talked about him on the podcast before. He's been a guy that Michigan identified pretty early, and they've made him a top priority ever since. Um, 6'2", 218. He's from Louisiana, which Michigan hasn't had much luck down there, 
but they're definitely trying with some of the coaches now having connections in the state. Um, and he, he came up earlier <clears throat> for a visit in the summer, had a really good time, and now he's expected to be coming back for the Washington game. And on top of that, he's going to be watching Michigan when they travel to Wisconsin. So he's going to be seeing Michigan, Sam, twice in the season. And then the last thing is Michigan contacted, I want to say, half of IMG Academy because, um, you know, <laughs> They watch, they watch, you know, the Bishop Sycamore game. They're like, man, these guys oh. are great. Oh, so, wow. you know, one of the guys, top 100 defense lineman, Will Norman, he's just one of many of the guys down there they contacted. So, yeah, there's definitely a lot of names they got a hold of and definitely showed love to. I, I mean, look, I know we were talking 2023s, but you just mentioned this this Bishop Sycamore fake team on national television on ESPN. And I, I got to take them up. They aired a game with a fake team. How does that happen? A fake team, a fake program was on nationally televised ESPN. Amazing development. And dangerous one at that because they said that that school played twice in three days. Like they played a game Friday night and then played IMG Sunday, and there wasn't a single kid on that team that should have been on the field with anyone from IMG. IMG is like a college team. Uh, are you sure they're kids? We, 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 do we know that? <laughs> well, hey, even if they are kids, they were they were skilled and talented enough to be on the field with IMG. It was dangerous, man. So, yeah, that if that doesn't tell you about you know twenty four sevens rankings versus the field, I don't know what what does. I, that that should just really really hammer at home. But let's let's get back to twenty twenty threes. Any uh, contact stand out to you, Steve? So. Along the lines of uh, Bryce mentioning Tackett Curtis, I actually think that one might be one of the most interesting in terms of the fact that he's coming back up for the game. Tackett Curtis visited like 50 schools, I feel like, <laughs> uh, during the month of June. Whenever they were first allowed to go on visits again, he literally went across the country and went to I don't know how many programs. If fans want an idea of how well Michigan is still selling the on-campus experience, I mean, this is a guy who basically didn't isn't doesn't just have the offers from everybody, but is has seen a lot of the schools that offered like at least 20 for sure for the fact that he wants to come back up to Michigan so quickly, that has to have meant that Michigan stood out in some capacity. Right. You know, so that's something to kind of keep in mind really at linebacker as a whole, it feels like they've set the foundation there for the most part with some guys. I know uh, one guy we connected with was Raylan Wilson, top 100 out of uh, Tallahassee, Florida. Asked him if he'd heard from Michigan and he get, you know, got the 1201 message or whatever. And then said, he's like, I've already booked my flight uh, to come up and watch Michigan the weekend they play Northwestern. And it's like, okay, that's another top 100 linebacker that'll be on campus. I think Troy Bowles, the son of, uh, was he with Tampa, right? Tampa Bay's defensive Todd coordinator, Bowles. Todd Bowles. Yeah. yeah, right. Is another guy I know that has, seems to have pretty legitimate interest in Michigan. So feels like that's one thing that's kind of stood out to me. It feels like they've set uh, a pretty good foundation. Oh, Jay Vant Brown is another one too, out of Deerfield Beach where Denard played. Uh, as a kid, another top 100 backer. Uh, no confirmation on getting a visit or anything yet there, but uh, seems to like Michigan. Asked him if he'd heard from Michigan. And for, you don't really ever hear kids say this. He's like, yeah, I heard from Jim. And I was like, all right. Like you, We hear that with we hear that in basketball, I think, lately, with the, a lot of guys called Juwan Howard. They just call him Juwan. I've never heard a kid just call Harbaugh Jim. You know, I was like, ah, must be he's got some interest, you know, to know that just call the head coach by his first name. But 
either way, that was kind of one of my big takeaways. Cause I mean, as Bryce and I, Sam, we all know, uh, they contacted a, a ton of kids. I mean, it's just how it goes. Right. Uh, so we know most of the time we ask a kid, if they heard from Michigan, the answer is going to be yes. To me, it's more about maybe finding some patterns and yeah, uncovering some visit dates and stuff that maybe uh, we weren't aware of ahead of time. Yeah. So Jalen Brown goes without saying the number two wide receiver in the 2023 class, according to 24 seven sports, number 18 prospect nationally, uh, and just a, a burner of a player, uh, you know, a guy that as a freshman, as a freshman uh, was running in the 10 sixes, uh, you know, 10, six, 21, three, 200 meter. Uh, he is a burner. And as we talked about last week, Josh Newkirk was at his game, his opening game, where he faced uh, Quentin Boodle. Uh, and you're, you're talking about a just an absolute destruction. <laughs> I mean, it was it was a bloodletting of a a performance by by Jalen Brown. I think the the final tally was like seven. He he had close to 200 yards receiving and three touchdowns. I mean, it just wasn't even close. The uh, you know, the matchup. And he's going against the guy. You know, he's going against the guy who has legit power five offers. Legit power five offers, man. And so for Michigan to already have an end with that kid is tremendous. And so he will be coming up for the Washington game. Goes without saying that they had contact with him because they're in he makes it a point to reach out to them on a weekly basis because that's what they set up when he came up for his visit. Uh, you know, back during, you know, earlier in the summer, uh, back in June, where he came up and he, you know, met the coaches and uh, hung out with J.J. a little bit and, you know, got the lay of the land around town. And then, of course, there's always that Desmond Howard plug. You know, Desmond Howard, one of his mentors, kind of a volunteer coach when he has the time at Gulliver Prep. And that's where Des's kids are. And I had a chance to talk to Des because – the AD at Gulliver Prep is a friend of mine, Ira Childress. He's originally from Michigan. He had been telling me about Jalen Brown. And he said, don't take my word for it. Take Dez's word for it. This dude's a player. So I, I mentioned that to Dez uh, in a conversation I had with him today. A friend of mine called me up last year, and he said, Sam, I want you to look out for this, for this kid. He's going to be a big-time guy. And he said, don't just take my word for it. He said, man, Desmond thinks he's going to be a big-time guy, too. He, he's mentoring him. He said, man, he's just a three-star kid now. But he's going to be a big-time guy. That kid's name is Jalen Brown. We went to see Jalen Brown week one. And when I say he put on a show, Des, yeah. I, I think it was like seven catches, 200 yards, and three <laughs> He was fantastic. So yeah, yeah. I got to say, Des, you, you can spot him in high school too, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, bro. Yeah, Jalen's an outstanding young talent, man. And I think he's still just, just scratching the surface, man. But I'm glad you got a chance to – to lay eyes on him early because uh yeah he's a he's a special young talent if he stays the course you know he's gonna be uh doing some big things real soon so that can't hurt guys it can't hurt to have a kid be connected with Desmond Howard now Desmond's not gonna push him to Michigan but Michigan is already in great shape here this kid is just entering his junior season he's already been on a visit the dad is has an affinity for Michigan uh, going back to childhood and you know, he visited Notre Dame, too. And just the sense that I get, because I thought initially it was going to be a Michigan-Notre Dame battle. And since he made that, that sort of Midwest swing earlier in the year, my opinion, this I want to make this clear. 
I think he liked his Michigan visit better than the Notre Dame visit. And it makes me think that it's probably right now, if I had to say the biggest competition or choose the biggest competition, I choose one of those Southern schools, maybe Florida State. I think they're doing a good job. Miami's a hop, skip, and a jump from home, so he probably has been there more than any other place. Maybe one of those two schools. Now, will it stay that way? I'm not sure because this kid is getting recruited by everyone. Point being, though, this is a 2023 receiver target, 2023 overall target. They are in great shape with early, and the feeling uh, that they have for him is definitely mutual. So off to seemingly a good start with 2023s. We'd, say, we'd agree that Michigan's top two targets at receiver in 23 are Jalen Brown and Carnell Tate, I would I would think, right? Mm-hmm. I got to think they're the two best receivers in the country. I mean, Carnell Tate has looked awesome, even when he's not playing fake players, has been <laughs> awesome so far to start the season. I mean, he looks like a stud. And then we talked a lot, Sam, you and I talked a lot about Jalen Brown last week, too, and, and the how his first week film looked. Um Great evals there. And even the kid out of uh, Chicago, Malik Elzey. Wow. Yeah. Michigan contacted him right away. Bryce, you talked to, I think Bryce talked to him. Didn't you talk to him uh, this summer up at the uh, up at the camp in Fair State? I did. Yeah. Michigan's the first offer. Sharon Moore, he, you know, it's always in on these kids out there in Chicago. But for sure, like Steve said, that was a guy that Michigan jumped on right away when they could contact juniors. So. And not only that, but the interesting thing about his race specifically, we'll see how many they want in 23. I had to recheck just to see if our timeline function was wrong on the profile. Michigan offered him, it was like 15 months before anybody else did. They offered him on New Year's Day in 2020. He didn't get his next offer until April of 21 uh, from Kentucky. Since then, he's gotten Ole Miss, Notre Dame. You know, so that's another guy I think to keep an eye on because just in my opinion, you're that far ahead of other schools. An offering that it's one thing to be the first offer. It's another to be the only offer you have for over an entire calendar year. So I got to think if Michigan wants to stay in that race, uh, they will, you know, so LZ would be another guy to keep an eye on, but either way receiver looks really great to, to start the 23 cycle for sure. Yeah. And forgive me for uh, calling out the, the wrong name for the Miami Killian cornerback. It's Dwight Boodle, not Quentin Boodle. Dwight Boodle is who Jalen uh, really took to the house like literally <laughs> in that game that that Newkirk was that it was uh and and bright uh josh said after the game he's like look dwight boodle he gave the kid a lot of credit he said man that's the best receiver in the country uh and that was this was after i guess boodle and his his family they were talking a lot before the game according to jay the brown's family they said they were they're gonna lock him up and he's not gonna see the end zone and uh, but after he saw the end zone and saw a lot of receptions, Dwight Boodle gave him a lot of credit and said that that is the best receiver in the country. And this is a kid started out as, as a three-star because he was transitioning from from quarterback to wide receiver, didn't start playing wide receiver until high school. And, boy, he has he has just taken off. And he has the natural, the raw talent. When you can get mentorship from an all-time great like Desmond, that can help take you to another level. So, Uh, But speaking of another level, the Wolverines are looking to take their defensive back recruiting, which has been pretty good. Of all of the positions that they've recruited, I'm like, man, that's the one where you talk about Will Johnson, you talk about Miles Pollard, uh, for instance. Uh, They have landed a couple of their top targets already, and yet there is still meat on the bone. There are still some big-time targets out there that they covet 
And so the board has shifted around a bit. We will jump into defensive back recruiting and resetting that board on the other side here on the Michigan Recruiting Insider. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And we are back, folks. You're the Michigan Recruiting Insider, so defensive back recruiting. I mentioned, Steve, that it feels like we start off every podcast talking about defensive line recruiting because it just seems like something was happening with that all the time. Feels like we've talked about Dylan Tatum in a lot of these podcasts too, right? Because that one, so many twists and turns in that one, but it appears that that is over now as the rumblings about him committing to Michigan State really picked up steam last week. And this was around the same time that there was talk about him joining this ever-expanding visit list for Washington. As the rumors and the rumblings about him committing to Michigan State were flaring up, I was hearing that he was looking to get on the Washington visit list. But after that transpired, I think Michigan, even with his ongoing interest, I think Michigan made the decision. My gut tells me that it said, look, if they can't, if they haven't convinced him to this point, or they haven't, they haven't gotten him comfortable enough to this point to, uh, to pull the trigger, then odds are, you know, those, those question marks are going to linger no matter what. And if he, if he eventually did commit publicly, that, you know, you would be guarding that commitment probably until signing day. And would you have to worry about, uh, you know, him sticking with the class once he once he got here. I think they just between that that likely concern and the fact that they are in on some really, really talented guys elsewhere. Uh, you know, I was here. I heard Michigan decided to pull out of that recruitment. It seems like it clears the deck and clears the way for Michigan State. But worthy of note is that Dylan, he took to Twitter yesterday and made it clear that he's not committed anywhere. Uh, you know, just to give you the tweet, he said, I'm not committed to any school. I'm still going through the recruiting process. A decision will be made on my time, and it will be my decision. So uh, seems likely Michigan State. I know they have recruited him harder than any other school. It's an all-hands-on-deck, all-staff, you know, marquee member of the class type of recruitment. Uh, and I imagine, it, you know, it'll be tough for other schools to, to match that kind of focus. Uh, but provided he leaves the door open, I know Iowa's interested. There was some talk from folks in Iowa circles that Dylan was talking about visiting for the Iowa-Penn State game. And then Tennessee is hanging around. So anything can happen in that recruitment, just not with Michigan at this point. They have, uh, they have made the decision to move in, in another direction. So let's start there, Steve, as we talk about this expanding board, maybe some of the guys that jump out to you the most initially? So Damani Dent is one out of South Florida who is inevitably going to be compared to Damon David from last cycle because it's both DD and Oregon is also recruiting them. Feels like a 
I think a couple of people on the board mentioned he's there. It's this year's Damon David, a guy who looks like another one who looks underrated on film. I think he's only an 84 or so right now. Uh, I believe he's coming up to campus this fall. Really liked his film. Uh, I think Sam Mason was one guy we talked about before mm-hmm. we got on Sam, the guy that they're keeping tabs on. They extended the offer there. Uh, another guy, another riser, you know, kind of sensing a theme here a little bit. Mason, maybe not as much as Dent yet. Right. Right. I think Mason's got a little ways to go to kind of get the attention. Cause again, I think Dent has Oregon and there's a couple other pretty solid schools. I think right. they offer him. Uh, but Mason, the guy I think Michigan is keeping tabs on. And then also uh, Austin Osbury out of Baton Rouge, Louisiana, University Lab, who uh, appears open to leaving the South, right, or at least leaving the state of Louisiana for his college ball, uh, who also happens to be the older brother of, we talked about linebackers in 23, uh, Jaden Osbury, who might be the best of all of them. Uh, that dude can play, but so can Austin. Both of them can play. And uh, so a few options there for Michigan. I think that uh, fans probably going to keep an eye on names I'm sure we'll be discussing again at some point for sure. Yeah, man. Damani Dent, I think we talked a little bit about him uh, a few weeks ago. All these podcasts, they, they kind of run together. But you mentioned Oregon. And the word I got from from out there was that he went to that camp, and to Oregon's camp, because they, they moved on him because he camped out there. He was committed to Akron. Uh, and he wound up, I don't know what pulled him to in out to the Pacific Northwest, but he wound up out there camping. And they said he was not just the best DB at the camp, I heard he was the, the best prospect at the camp, period, regardless of position. And so they jumped on him and immediately offered. And, you know, it, it's kind of like you said with, with Michigan and Mason Graham, Steve. You know, that offer drops, and it's a name that not a lot of people know about. And all of a sudden, it, it gets the attention of other schools, and they start looking, right? And that sort of happened when Oregon moved on to Monty Denton. And it wasn't, long, it wasn't long after that that Michigan got moving on to Monty Denton. Uh, and, you know, you happen to have a Jacksonville guy on the staff there, Bryce, and uh, as you look at George Hilo, right? And, and so you, you got a plug there that can sort of give you the lay of the land. And next thing you know, Michigan is in on Damani Dent, and he's slated to come up here for a visit as well. Yeah, I mean, like we've been saying, that weekend is going to be absolutely loaded. Um, and George Hilo, you talk about those connections he's got in the Jacksonville, Florida area. I mean – he was one of the main reasons Michigan got Micah Pollard. It wasn't because of those connections, possibly with Braylon Edwards. And one of the things he credited was George Hilo and that personality and just his connections he has with the area and just having conversations where you can relate to someone saying, hey, Sam, you know that 7-Eleven down the road? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember going down there after high school and stuff like that. And you just know where it is. You just know stories about the area. So he can relate to kids in that sort of way. And that's one of the things with Dent that really makes that connection and makes Michigan actually a player in their recruitment. I know Steve brought up Osbury. I mean, funny thing with him, Michigan offered him July 30th. So this is not like a recruitment. Michigan's been on for very long, but a week later after offering him, they made his top six with LSU, Auburn, Alabama, Notre Dame, and Florida. And right now, when you hear that top six, you're like, man, that's a daunting top six. But Ron Bellamy, has been very key in their recruitment to the point where Osbury told me himself he's thinking of making two visits to Michigan, unofficially and official. And if that happens, you should look out for Michigan because they're definitely a player in that recruitment as well. Yeah, absolutely, man. So a couple of things just real quick on Damani Dent. The, the timing of this visit is important 
uh, because he's slated to make his his decision in mid-October now. He is also slated to to try to get back out to to Oregon, uh, you know, take in the game day atmosphere. Uh, that would seemingly give them a little bit of an edge because he camped out there. It'll be a second visit. And I know if you recall our story with uh, with their interview with Courtney Morgan, where he says his recruiting philosophy with out-of-region guys, you got to get them on campus at least twice to get them, right? Well, they'll have to buck that trend with Damani Dent. But I think they have a decent chance of doing that, uh, provided things, you know, they got to look decent on the field. They got to look good, uh, not just for Damani Dent, but for all those prospects that will be on campus for that game coming up on September 11th. So very, very important visit. Damani Dent coming up. But you mentioned Austin Osbury, and, you know, this is a kid who, you know, Michigan's doing great work down in, in the bayou. Ron Bellamy, obviously very connected down there. I think Steve Klinkscale has recruited the South very well also. Austin Osbury, a lot of folks were, were talking about LSU. His dad is an LSU uh, employee, but there's just a lot of talk that he won't wind up at LSU, that he's going to blaze his own trail. Happens to be the case that Michigan has a connection. I mean, you know, the, the family, not only is Ron Bellamy, uh, Louisiana Bayou native, so too is the athletic director, Ward Manuel. He's a Louisiana guy. And the word I get is that he knows the family, too. So the Wolverines have a few plugs there with Austin Osbury that makes that one look like, okay, that's, that's definitely one to watch, one to keep an eye on. Yes, it's a daunting list. But like, I, like we'll talk about with Amarion Walker, when you have a connection, uh, when you have a kid who's going to make it up not just once but twice, uh, and they, you know, there's an appeal there beyond just the opportunity where you got some personal connections and appreciation for academics and that kind of thing, which this is a high-level academic kid too, that gives you a chance to pluck an out-of-region kid even against daunting competition. So he is definitely one to watch. But I got to tell you, fellas, you know, I, I've, I haven't seen Damani Dent live. Haven't seen Austin Osbury live. I've only watched the film. We're going to talk about Zeke Berry coming up. I, I watched Zeke Berry's film uh, when Courtney Morgan, uh, right before Courtney Morgan's hire was announced, because I was, you know, reaching out to our guys out there. Who might Michigan move on with Courtney coming around? And Zeke Berry's name was one of the ones that's mentioned. Really, really good athlete. Fellas, and I'm curious just you guys' impressions of Amarion Walker. Before I give my take, having watched him live, I'm curious what you guys see when you look at Amarion Walker on tape. Gazelle. Yep. Right? Guy that has the, the length and athleticism at safety to be an absolute difference maker. Uh, again, I think the comment on the board was, oh, we're going after Notre Dame's lowest-ranked recruit or something like that. Um, no. And, again, I, I hate it. It always feels like we're pumping guys up just because – no, watch the, just watch the film. This is another guy who immediately – like, they pick they picked and choose the right guys in a lot of – and this is definitely another one. Uh, but, yeah, Gazelle is kind of the, the word that comes to mind for me. I mean, he is just long, but he has the speed to match it. He's not long and uh, – not really even it's not even lanky it's more he's just like it's it's smooth it's all everything's fluid it's all one motion uh which for the bigger you get the longer you get sometimes that's harder to maybe pull off on the football field uh but no i mean this is a guy talk about a center fielder 
that you can add in your defensive backfield. I mean, that's that's what I the other thing I kind of think of is this is a guy you can throw back there. You know, they call it safety. Uh, this guy will keep your defense safe. I feel like he has the potential to anyway, uh, just based on his athleticism and size alone. Yeah. So here's the crazy thing. So they they're gonna play him at corner. I talked to his coach. Uh, they didn't play him at corner in week one because they wanted to ease him into it. He he, he missed several games last year as he battled like a really severe hamstring injury. So only only played in a couple of games. Uh, that's another reason why maybe the the buzz about him was a little bit depressed or tempered. But he hit the he hit the summer circuit as we've talked about here before. Like he goes to camp at Bama and he he blazes a four four forty. Uh, his coach says he his watch, you know he he had him faster than that. He said he had him at four three six and four three eight. But Bama had him at four four. They had him at a four inch vertical, and Nick Saban offered him as a corner right there. And, and they are still pushing hard at corner now. Steve Klinkscale loves long corners, and so Michigan. I mean, you know how they were looking at Dylan Tatum as he's a guy who could play safety, who could play nickel, who could play corner. They are looking at Omarion Walker in much the same vein, uh, but I, I think they see him the potential for him to be to play corner uh, being greater than that even of of Dylan Tatum playing that that position full time. You're talking about a kid that's a legit six four and can really run. So in his highlight package, the first clip I put on there, he was like, "Why did he put an incompletion on a highlight package?" Because the first clip shows. I mean the the DB there and like they're playing uh, they're playing off cover zone or off coverage. I have to go back and look at the coverage anyway. He's he's eight yards off the ball, so it's a huge cushion, and you know he immediately starts backpedaling. He flips his hips to DB and turns and runs. And when I say Omarion Walker ate that cushion up like it wasn't there, with a few strides and he was past the DB. If the if the ball was on the Monday, it's a it's a surefire touchdown. And he talked about that. He said, people think I'm not fast because I, I have long strides. And I, I get it because he, he gobbles up ground. But what impresses you about him is he's fluid to be that size. So it's not this far-fetched thing to say he can play corner. He's fluid enough to play corner. My question with, with him would be, would he get big enough, you know, big enough and physical enough to, to be a force in the run game? That would be my way. But coverage-wise, oh, he could – I have no doubt he could do that. It was he was impressive. He had seven receptions for 125 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, they they thoroughly he looked he, he and Jacoby Matthews and this other kid named Cody Finley. They looked like they were the best prospects on the field, and that's saying something when you got Arch Manning on the other side, the number one quarterback in 2023 who looked like a Manning. Like yeah, if you didn't know any better, you think that was Peyton Manning reincarnated. In high school, walking on on the field because he just has the the silhouette of a of a Manning, but Amarion Walker that day uh, definitely uh, was one of the brightest sh uh, shiners, and he's committed to Notre Dame. But it was clear that they are very interested in Michigan. He came up for the barbecue. They're coming back for the for the Washington game. Dad said, you know, my I grew up in a household where my dad is a huge Michigan fan. He would love it if Marion wound up in Michigan. You got the plug with Hank Tierney, the coach there as well, who said he won't push uh, any kids anywhere, but he loves Ronald Bellamy. 
He talked about it, and the kid said he loves Ryan Bellamy. And the, the thing that really, I think, pushes the recruiting effort over the top, and Dad talked about this, and we'll hear from his dad here shortly. He talked about the amount of recruiting effort, because it's not just Ryan Bellamy. It's also Steve Klinkscale. It's also Josh Gaddis. So got a chance to catch up with Amarion's dad after the game. Here's my conversation with the elder Walker, Robert Walker, about his son and his Michigan recruitment here on the Michigan Recruiting Insider. Here with Robert Walker, father of Marion Walker. So, Dad, I mean, look, dads can be the harshest critics, but it's hard to nitpick that one. How do you think your son did in, his, in the opening game? I think he did well. Uh, absolutely could have done better. They got to go to him a little more, but I think he did real well tonight. He caught every ball I went to him, and he caught all his face balls. So, he just got to keep grinding. They're going to be real good this year on both sides of the ball. So, I think he did pretty good for tonight. So, I told him when I talked to him, I felt like people have, have really been sleeping on his game. Right. He, went to that Bama camp and that seemed like that woke everybody up. Now you go out here, he puts on this kind of show. Do you think the nation is finally starting to see what he's all about? Absolutely. It's about time. We've been that type of player his whole life, but he kind of got injured last year and everybody kind of sleeping on him. But you're so right though. Now, this year, everybody's going to find out. They will see. So now, you said he's been this kind of player his whole life, but he talked about where his game has grown, how he's gotten better as his dad. Where have you seen him get better? Um, everywhere. I mean, he's always been a smart guy, so, you know, he's mentally on the field. He's kind of at the edge on a lot of people. I've seen him be a hard worker. As me being a father, like, he's been working for this so long in his life, and he's just been progressing through his whole life, working hard. He knows with hard work, that's going to get him to the promise land. So that's what he's been doing. I've seen that in hard work, though. So now what we didn't see tonight, and I'm, you guys are going to have, you know, be able to have this on the field all season, him playing defense. So tell me about Mari as a, as a defensive back. Well, people tell me that he's better at a D-back than a receiver. So I guess that time will tell. He's real good at both of them. He's long, he's fast, he covers real well. And Coach said he didn't put him on defense like as he was saving him, but I think he can play both of them just as good to me, in my opinion. Gotcha. All right, so I know he's committed to Notre Dame. Let, let's start out talking about Notre Dame. And he told me all the things he loves about that staff and that program as his dad. What do you like about that staff? What do you like about that program? They, they have a great academic program. I do like the staff. Yeah, three, they're a real good school um, academically and football-wise, you know, and they're a real good uh, winning program. So we got a lot of things we do like about them, you know, uh, so that's the things I think I like about them. All right, so it seems like Michigan, at least from the outside looking in, it seems like they came out of nowhere yes, to kind of jump in here. So what? how did they enter this mix, and what are your impressions of Michigan and their coaching business? Michigan has been doing a great job recruiting them um, Coach Ron Bellamy is kind of coached with Coach Hank, and they kind of hooked that thing up uh, for he coached him. That's how they kind of get the connection. But Michigan is the hardest recruiting team right now, pushing Coach Carlson every day. So they get the edge on everybody recruiting them right now. So we have to give them a shot and see what they got to offer. So the, the barbecue experience, what was that like from your perspective? What did you think of that? It was nice. It was great. We actually enjoyed ourselves. We had a good time down there. Me and Mars seen the school. We enjoyed everything they gave us. So it was pretty nice. What about Coach Harbaugh? That's you, that's a, you had talked to Rob yes, before, he, but that was he, your first time talking to Coach Harbaugh. What did you think of him? I think he's a pretty genuine guy. He was real nice. He told us things that he thinks he can use more with uh, offensive and defensive. So I like this plan with him. So what about Coach Klinkscale? Yeah, what do you think of Klink? I like Coach Klink's too. He's a real good defensive back coach. Uh, he's got a lot of guys in the lead. He told me he thinks Mark can do great things at, uh, at Michigan playing cornerback. So I like him a lot too. So I know it's, it's an uphill battle for everyone trying to catch Notre Dame. I mean, that's that's his school. That's, that's who right. he's firm with. That's right. But, you know, Michigan trying to work some angles. So Ron Bellamy. And then I heard you have some family up in 
up in Michigan, some roots up in, in the Great Lakes State, is that right? Yes sir, I do. I do. We do have family. We got family stay in Grand Rapids and we got family in Farmington Hill. So Michigan's after him and we got connection there. But you know, he is committed to Notre Dame and we're we going to kind of see where that goes. So now, do you, did you guys have any familiarity with Michigan before Ron Bellamy, before going up? Did you know anything about Michigan at yes, all? And, uh, yes, my dad actually is a huge Michigan fan. He, we grew up kind of Michigan in the house. You know, we were kind of Louisiana guys, LSU fan. He always been a Michigan fan. We still got Michigan memorabilia being all over the house right now. So, yeah, we, we I ain't going to say we bleed blue, but the house bees blue in there. So, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, so it's, it's nice. We, we always love Michigan. Always had a sweet spot for him. So all that time, man, you never made it up to a Michigan game? Never. This will be our first one. Coming up for the Washington game. Yes, sir. Yes, all right, sir. so what do, you, what do you expect coming up for that game? What do you expect to see? What are you hearing about that atmosphere? I hear it's going to be real, real, real big atmosphere, real nice. So I guess we're just going to kind of wait and see. I'm excited about it. All right, Dad. And just the outlook on the season, what do you see ahead for, for Mari? What do you see ahead for, for Pachachute? Anything but state championship, I'll be, I'll be a little upset. So I'm hoping we're going to the dome all the way this year. Gotcha. All right, Dad. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Thank you. So, Steve, Bryce, you guys heard it there. He said Michigan is recruiting his son harder than any other school. That's including Notre Dame, including the school he's committed to, recruiting him harder than any other school. So we have got to give them a chance, he said. Michigan has a – they have a legit shot here, and it's not just some random three-star, to your point, Steve, that they would be flipping if they're able to achieve it. This is a guy with tremendous upside. Yep, and you'd be stealing one from a rival too. Uh, that's always a, and maybe make some headway in Louisiana too. Uh, how long has it been since? Is it Drew Dilio still the last guy out of Louisiana to actually sign with Michigan? Right? I, I'm pretty wow. sure it is. You know, we know Louisiana, Michigan used to have a rich history. They did. And you know, we're talking we're talking about Ron Bellamy and Ward Manuel. You know, you talk about uh, Chris Howard. Was it uh was it Leroy Hort out of Louisiana too? I believe Leroy Hort was out of Louisiana. Right, I know Anthony Thomas, obviously. You know Michigan, James Hall. I mean Michigan used to get guys out of Louisiana. So uh, with Ron Bellamy on staff, and as you said, it's a group effort. But Ron kind of probably going to be the the lead in any Louisiana recruitment, I would assume. You know, never hurts to try to get back into a state like that because there's always guys. Uh, Louisiana quietly one of those states that just pumps talent to LSU every single year. You know, and if you can get in there every once in a while and steal a a big time player out of that area, that's great. You know, for Michigan. So a lot of different reasons why. Not just the fact that Walker is such a great prospect, but like I said, you're taking a guy away from Notre Dame, and you're also making some headway in Louisiana. Where yeah, I mean Ron's been working really hard there with uh, a lot of different guys in a few different classes already. Yeah, man, I, you're right. It's probably, it probably was Judilio because before that, they were always down there. To your point, I remember Adam Krause was from was from uh, Louisiana. I, it's either Drew Dilio or you remember the kid, Carvin Johnson. There's a kid named Carvin Johnson who was a safety uh, for Michigan in the Rich Rod era who came I think from, he signed the same year, Sam. He I signed think the they same both year? signed the same year, I think. Okay. I'm checking right now to make sure, but yeah, he was he was one of those Rich Rod era guys uh that that they got back in the day. But to I mean it's 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 untapped ground. Now granted, you know, LSU when in Michigan's heyday of of harvesting talent down there, LSU hadn't become the power uh that they are now. Nick Nick Saban uh you know made them nationally relevant, brought a national title to LSU and then of course you get 
Les Miles who comes in and, and gets it done as well. And they've been at that level uh, at that level ever since. So it, it's a different challenge recruiting in Louisiana these days. I think Jerry DiNardo might have been the coach down there at one point where they were going down there plucking talent. So uh, much tougher. But if you have some connections, which Michigan does, you can get them on campus a couple of times uh, and really fortify that interest. It gives you a puncher's chance. I, I do want to make mention of, of your trip out west, though, Bryce, because you almost got a chance to see Zeke Berry. We had some – this is like a harrowing – some harrowing travel tales, right? I, I started out my trips last week first in, in uh, heading out to Denver, Colorado, and drove about an hour south to Monument to see Michigan – Michigan commitment, Connor Jones, and then flew out the next day to see Amarion Walker. But my flight from Denver was delayed a couple hours. I had it all lined up to be able to land in New Orleans, drive the hour to Ponchatoula, be there an hour before kickoff and be good to go, uh, at least an hour before kickoff and be good to go. But the flight was delayed due to weather, right? So I get to wound up landing, and I, it's only like an hour, hour and a half before kickoff. They left my, my tripods, that my tripod equipment bag in Denver, so I didn't have that. Had to fill out a report and had to hightail it to, uh, up to um, Ponchachula. And, and there are thunderstorms there. It's like, please let these thunderstorms uh, go away so that this game could get in. Fortunately, they did. And then when I woke up the next morning, the sky was actually clear clear enough for me to make it out of Louisiana before Hurricane Ida got in. Meanwhile, Bryce out on the West Coast, you were going to go catch a game, and wildfires prevented you from getting to that game, right? Yeah, it was the wildfires, and they actually postponed it, I want to say, like a day later or two because of uh, air quality. The air quality was, and I, I mean, for Michigan, I've never experienced anything like that. So going through California, Northern California, and then when we were taking off, I took off um, – 2 a.m. in the morning but at night you could see the fires I mean when we were taking off you could literally flying over and you would see the fires just burning up you know in the force and stuff it was incredible so I've never seen anything like that but yeah got postponed unfortunately wasn't able to make it definitely got an update though on Zeke Berry yeah Zeke Berry here's an excerpt from the episode we recorded way back on April 27th it was episode 41, and we were focused on, in this particular part of the conversation, about the impact that Courtney could have in putting Michigan on some under-the-radar guys, some guys that maybe were high value in the eyes of our scouts out on the West Coast and that Courtney knew about at Fresno that could emerge as higher-profile prospects down the line and that Michigan could be in on as a result of Courtney's presence. So here is that excerpt. There's a few, a couple names that I want you to keep in mind if you're listening to this podcast. Michigan hasn't moved on them yet, but guys that I heard that Michigan is is looking at. So we know they are looking at, at Concord de La Salle. There's a kid there by the name of Zeke Barry. Zeke Barry. He's a four-star cornerback athlete out of there. That the West Coast guys swear uh, is a dude, and they are higher higher on him than the other services. Like, his his composite ranking is 389, but his 24-7 sports ranking is 144, the number 20 corner uh, in the country. And so this is a dude that, <laughs> that you know, talking to our West Coast guys, they're like, hey, this is the guy that they he was looking at when he was out in Fresno, knows about, I could see Zeke Berry being a kid that, 
uh, that Michigan shows more attention to. And maybe we can get into that when we talk corner a little more. And then there's another corner uh, that they say he was looking at uh, from Lincoln High School in San Diego, a kid, an under-the-radar kid by the name of Jaleel Florence. He's a 6'2", 180-pound corner uh, that, you know, Fresno was among the schools that, that it offered really under-the-radar guy, but a guy they say Courtney was really, really high on. That's another one that we can see, I think, potentially Michigan getting in the mix for. But, you know, these are the down-the-line guys. So Jaleel Florence, who we obviously know Michigan really went on. He eventually went Oregon's way, but also Zeke Berry. Like we pointed out at that time, like I pointed out at that time, not hard to predict that this would be a guy that they would move on. But in some instances, you want to wait to see film on a guy. And I think Zeke Berry was one of those guys. But this is not a, a sort of reactionary tale that, you know, you miss on this guy, move there. I think this is an example of monitoring a guy over time, you know, hearing some some buzz Seeing some things over the course of the over the course of the spring and then summer, early practice and then games and sort of hearing the returns and Michigan obviously has seen and heard enough of Zeke Berry to go ahead and move on that one. This dude is a dynamic athlete. He can play. He can play running back. He can play safety. He can play receiver. He can play corner. He can. He just feels like he has the fluidity to to play all of those positions. Uh, the hands to be a playmaker at receiver. It's about where you want to play him. And Michigan clearly covets him, Bryce, as a defensive back. Yeah, so one of the things, so Fobstein wasn't able to go to the game, but I talked to his coach, and I said, you know, how did he do? And he said, well, first play, they played Stockton St. Mary's, which features four-star wide receiver Jaden Marshall, who's going to UCLA. He's a commit there right now. And he said he took the opening kickoff and just trucked him. And he set the tone, and they won by, like, 40 or something like that. But he said, yeah, we have him play all three phases, special teams, defense, and offense. Had, like, two touchdowns, I think an interception. Uh, he was everywhere on the field. So I was kind of disappointed I didn't get to see that performance. But he's definitely a guy that you can move around. And I know on our network, people have compared him to, because he, right now he's committed to Arizona, which is the defense coordinator, Don Brown. And they kind of are looking to use him as a Cleek Hudson mm-hmm. sort of player. Mm-hmm. You know, that Viper, which I know Michigan's very familiar with that position. And that system. Um, but with, you know, Zeke Barry, he can play so many spots. And he's a guy that I think he's more of like a flex. You know, right now you got like Cody Jones where he could play nickel. But if you wanted to, he could probably you could move him around the defense as well, Sam. I know you went to see him and mm-hmm. he's got that ability to – shift and move around in the defense. Um, Cody's Zeke Barry. Yeah. Yeah. And Zeke Barry, it's just the same thing, man. He just makes plays just like Cody Jones. He just makes plays. And so this is a guy that Michigan's identified. It's been on their radar for quite some time, but it didn't, he didn't emerge until Courtney Morgan joined the staff. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is a guy that they really like. They think they have a shot with. And like you said, his stock just keeps going up. I know 24 seven's high on him. But it's not just 24-7. I mean, Oregon, you know, they offered him. They really like him as well. Michigan's offered him. I know other schools are looking at potentially offering him as well. Um, a big thing is Michigan's going to try to get him up on campus. We're going to see if that happens. Um, and I know it sounds like I haven't talked to him yet, but I think he would be potentially interested in Michigan and taking a peek at it. You know, I know he's committed to Arizona, but I think, you know, some of these big-time schools coming a little later, he's – 
seeing the appeal playing on a national stage compared to Arizona, which is not always the the brightest lights there. So I think this is appealing to him and Michigan's going to make a strong push for him. And he's a guy that definitely fits what they want to do in the back end of their defense. Yeah. And I, I need to, you know, go back and, and sort of go back to the beginning of the podcast where I said, you know, Michigan got most of its top targets uh, already at defensive back and got a, Gotta mention Cody Jones, who I just went to see, and we talked about in the last podcast. He had that high ankle sprain week one, and didn't think he was going to play week two. Was dejected that he that he even played in the game because he thought he maybe set himself back some. He goes to every day to cryotherapy after that, and feels so much better heading into game two. Uh, as a matter of fact, good enough to go out play and start both ways, and had a whale of a game. In this team's week two victory, that dude is a ball player. So, you know, Cody Jones, Will Johnson, and Miles Pollard, I mean, they, they have recruited defensive back well to this point, and they're trying to round it out with a couple of more plus athletes. And I think we just laid out for you. I mean, every one of these guys can run, can play with versatility. Uh, so they, they can all play corner or safety. And it really gives Michigan, uh, you know, some, some, some flexibility. Uh, with with how they move there on the back end. So, man, guys, that uh, as we close things out, I think it's only fitting that we look ahead to that Washington game and that visit list. Steve, you and I talked about it last week. I mean, part of me, I'm just being honest with you, part of me is like, man, do they have too many guys coming to this game? I kind of feel like that because it is absolutely – this one of the lo- most loaded non-Ohio State visit weekends – I can remember. I mean, this is this is this is like a visit weekend for an Ohio State game. <laughs> we actually we were that's what we said before the show. How are they how are they going to manage? Uh, they've expanded their staff a little bit, but I mean, man. But I think we know outside of making sure everybody gets a little bit of attention, the biggest thing is you know in a big game atmosphere, it sells itself usually. You know, Spot so on. if Michigan can come out and win that game. Who cares? They could they they would have wished they had a thousand recruits on campus <laughs> if that was the case, you know. Right. So that's what it is interesting. It's I think we said a couple weeks ago, even or, or when we started talking about the season coming up, this it, it makes total sense to revolve your early season recruiting around this game. It's at night. It's a high quality opponent. You know, the, it's the first big game atmosphere at Michigan Stadium since what Notre Dame at night a couple of years ago, probably right. I mean, it's uh, the biggest in that regard. So. You know, it, it makes to- total sense for Michigan to revolve all of their early season recruiting efforts around this game. You get out of that game, you win, maybe sustain a good season. Then you can bring recruits back in for the Ohio State game in November and go from there with it, try to finish out the cycle strong. So makes total sense. But, yeah, it's – I mean, it's every day we're learning about new guys that are coming up, and it's like, how the hell are you going to – like, what are you going to do? You know, it's like we're going to be busy as hell for – Right, like Wednesday, Thursday, we want to get to preview next week's game. Yeah, sorry, Northern Illinois, but um, yeah, it's going to be intense for sure. Yeah, it's going to be unbelievable. Walter Nolan, Josh Connerly, Omarion Walker, Kenneth Grant, Damani Dent. I mean, all all these guys that we mentioned this week, Jalen Brown. I mean, you go down the list. Mark Naboo, who Brandon Huffman just mentioned, is going to be at that game. I mean, so many targets. Uh, you know, all over the the ranking spectrum, but all guys with offers from Michigan going to be in the house that I will uh, next week. We will start laying out a list of expected visitors. But 
just be on the lookout. If you don't subscribe to the michiganinsider.com, you are missing out because you know this podcast is just an hour. What we do here, we do every day on the michiganinsider.com. So uh, if you want the dish, uh, if you want to support the podcast and the efforts that we put forth here, no better way to do that than to subscribe to the michiganinsider.com. One dollar gets you in, gets you access to all the inside dirt for the first month. Uh, and then, of course, uh, the podcast listeners, tell all your friends about this podcast. Be sure to rate it and review it uh, and let your friends know they can find this podcast wherever they get their podcast. Google, Stitcher, Spotify, whatever platform is their favorite. They can find the Michigan Recruiting Insider. Just search Michigan Insider Podcast and up it will come. When we're back next week, we will be previewing that epic Washington preview or Washington visit weekend. It is going to be a monster. So don't miss next week's episode of the Michigan Recruiting Insider.